episode 71, Sunday, March 10th, 2013. Bienvenidos al XJ Talk Show, un podcast acerca de aventuras off-road en Jeep Cherokees y entrevistas con los que manejan y mueven el mundo de las carreras off-road. Ahora, aquí están sus presentadores, Tony y Josh. What the language it is in, you're supposed to say the names uh, as they are to be pronounced. So, well, I am Josh, and he is Tony, and this is the uh, XJ Talk Show. Glad you guys can join us. We are here because of XJTalk.com, the uh, world's most premier Jeep Cherokee website. And glad you guys could join us. Uh, we're all here because of the website, because of uh, our interest in Cherokees and uh, and our love of the off-road industry and the world in general, and getting out there and modifying our jeeps and uh, and enjoying them in the great outdoors how are we doing this week tony i'm doing pretty good i uh, i went off road yesterday for the first time in a very long time uh and when i say off road i don't mean into the woods to urinate uh actually to an off-road park uh, and i did take a jeep there uh, uh but i was not going to wheel it uh, i knew i was going to be way too busy and i really didn't feel like catching any crap from my wife about uh, mud or mud in more probably more mud in the jeep than on the outside of the jeep well, you are a three Jeep family, so which of the three Jeeps did you take out there? I took the newest and the one that uh, has not given us any uh, any trouble as of yet, which is the 2003 TJ. The only way it could have been better is if there was no chance of rain yesterday, I could have gone uh, with the uh, the tube doors and at least the, uh, the back and the sides off uh, of the top because we have one of those uh, convertible tops that uh, you can actually unzip. Uh, sections off of and uh, it has a a, a fold back over the uh, which I think is a, a feature that's on the uh, the JK's has a fold back the, over the passenger and driver uh, section so I could have gone three quarters or or maybe 50 percent no I guess it'd be like more like 25 percent topless just n- like no nipple uh, I mean not showing any nipples that would be like 25 percent topless <laughs> pasties yeah <laughs> well it sounds like a lot of fun man I uh I, I'm Without the ability to get on out on the trails yet, I mean, I suppose I could, but I'm I'm really holding off until I get my um my steering all dialed in and everything. And and good news, folks, I've been talking about weeks, talking for weeks about um doing a one ton upgrade on my Jeep Cherokee. I've got a '99 that is uh it's decently well built, uh, but I'm converting over to an over the knuckle one ton steering system. I've got all the all the tie rod ends and everything ready to go, um, but I've been waiting on the bars. They've been back ordered, so it's been about uh three weeks or so. And finally got the uh, tracking number uh, middle of last week, and they will be here Tuesday. So I'm very much looking forward to uh, to getting that in hand. But I'm not going to do the installation as of yet because I'm I'm planning on doing the uh, the Durango box uh, modification and probably a Sea Rock inner brace. So that will um, that will complete my entire steering system upgrade and and get everything dialed in and upgraded all at once. I'm going to do the installation all at once and and be done with it once and for all. Well, I'm glad to hear you actually have a delivery date on them. I know that uh, that was uh, getting to be 
pretty irritating and I can't say I blame you. Uh, anytime yeah. you spend money like that and it, it, you know, it's money that could have been sitting in the bank. Yeah. I was, uh, tapping my fingers and getting a little anxious and, and had I not heard something, um, by the time I did, I think by the end of last week I would have, uh, or the end of, I guess it'd be this week. Um, I would have, uh, I would have probably called and canceled the order. Oh, I don't blame just, you. Look, this, this isn't working out. I, I really, you know, was expecting this a lot sooner and you guys haven't delivered. So, um, you know, I'm going to go elsewhere. But uh, but they came through, so I uh, and no complaints, and um, very looking, very much looking forward to, to seeing what I, what ends up showing up at the you know the good old UPS truck. <clears throat> well, uh, I don't have really anything to report on my Jeep <clears throat> this week. I, I still have an oil leak, and uh, it still runs a little hot. I have not been out on the highway to do a test uh, on the uh, on it as of yet. But uh, uh, Matt, <clears throat> you know him uh, and love him as uh, MS. Or, I'm sorry, N M. Smorenberg. I, I found uh, when I spoke, was speaking to Patrick out at Creekside. I'm not the only one that makes that mistake. Uh, yeah, but it's but anyway, easier than, that, than yeah. the other. Way. <laughs> I, I still, uh, I, I still have a hard time with that. I have a, pro- I have a problem with names anyway. Anyway, so, um, Tony, quick question about your oil issue. I know you, you said uh, with your oil leak, you, you know, you, um, you got that that extra piece, that little metal bracket, or that went over the uh, like the rear, the main bearing area, and and that didn't solve the issue. Uh, even after getting the the new one piece oil pan gasket, um, I was curious to see uh, you know if you were noticing any changes or drops in your oil pressure. No, because it it sounded like it was a substantial leak. I was curious if it would have was affecting your actual oil pressure. No, not at all. Um, <clears throat> but the uh, it's it's just a drip. It it's uh it's just enough to be. Um, I guess I got to put a cord in. Uh, uh, I'm still trying to determine, but it's uh, I put a cord in maybe once every um four or five days um it, it's okay. substantial enough it doesn't yeah. seem to be going over uh it seems to be dripping uh and i can't say this for sure but it seems to be dripping after i stop the engine if i'm running the engine i don't see drips it's not until it, i stop it so it may be where it's running down or i don't know anyway it doesn't really matter uh matt uh, the the aforementioned matt uh thinks it's probably just the oil pan Keep in mind, this is a brand new oil pan. He thinks it might just be a bad stamping. He put it on and it leaked, and I took took it off and put it back on, and it still leaks. Uh, <laughs> so I did notice <clears throat> that that little uh, uh, rear main seal bracket uh, that I got that that does fit uh, on there very nicely. Uh, I did a little video, YouTube video that I haven't shared yet, uh, but it is. Um, I was able to when I had the as when I had the pan off and sitting on the bench. I put that bracket up there and held it in place and it was uh, flush up against the holes where the bolts go in and I was able to wiggle it back and forth like front to back of the, on the oil pan. So it's not really providing any bracing yeah. to that oil yeah. pan. That doesn't sound like the way it should be. Right. And it could be <clears throat> that that, uh, that section of the oil pan is up too high and that might be causing the, uh, the rear rubber gasket to, um, not really fold, but be pushed inward slightly and not seating properly uh, in there. But anyway, uh, Matt was going to bring uh, uh, an old oil pan, old used oil pan um, with uh, to him, uh, I'm sorry, with him to Creekside yesterday, but uh, he didn't get a chance to get it. So he's going to be coming out uh, not this coming weekend, but the following weekend. And we're going to be uh, changing out the uh, heater core to see if I can't uh, see if that won't resolve the running hot issue that I've spoken about. 
Well, I know you've been battling that for, well, since the beginning, it seems like. Uh, since since the Nixon administration. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm anxious to see how that ends up turning out. Yeah, I, I don't know. The, it, it's, it's something that's not right, so uh, going to fix it, and then we'll see. I want to pick Matt's brains about something uh, one of these days and, uh, and talk to him about you think whether or not it'd be worthwhile to um, weld in a couple of baffles in the oil pan. Because uh, I know one of the Cherokee's downfalls, and, and we heard about this, uh, I think uh, we're going to hear about this, about the, um, the Cherokee, um, the, uh, oh, shoot, I'm brain farting on the, on the name, the Cherokee race team that did the, uh, the lemon race recently. Team um, Petty Cash. Team Petty Cash Racing, how they had an issue with the, uh, the high G corners, the high, high G steering, and, and the oil sloshing to one side and, and the oil not getting to the engine <laughs> as well as it should. And yeah. uh, <clears> They blew up uh, three or four engines, I believe. I've seen my oil, my uh, my check engine light come on and my oil pressure dip down occasionally on the trail on extreme off camber situations. Oh, that makes uh, sense. Yeah, and so I'm thinking, well, you know, maybe one of the you know good solution would be to you know get some uh, get some sheet metal and and uh, and weld in a couple little baffles or something around the intake area, around the pickup area inside the uh, inside the oil pan. I mean, I've I've got a rear main seal replacement uh, coming up here real soon, so. Um, you know, that's, that'll be a project that I might be willing to undergo if, uh, if it's something that's easy to do and, and worthwhile. Hmm. You know, you would think that somebody would have already done that. Somebody would have already come up with a, a solution for that. If not an oil pan, where to put the baffles and what size and what size holes so that you would still pass through and et cetera, et cetera. Well, before you mentioned Matt coming out with an oil pan, I was going to ask you if you were looking at something aftermarket. I, I haven't done any research on this myself, but I'd be surprised if there wasn't a you know an aftermarket four liter oil pan that has built in baffles or something. Um, I mean, I'm not. And, I'm really not concerned about the extra baffles. I just want the damn thing to seal. And uh, yeah. I, I have an aftermarket oil pan now. Um, oh. That's uh, yes, because I bought that uh, brand new to go on the engine. Um, I just wanted one less thing to cause a problem. And that seems to have been, uh, on a couple of, uh, fronts here, a problem with this engine buying stuff new. Uh, I'll, I'll mention, uh, Matt's, uh, uh, 4.0 that he rebuilt, uh, six, eight, nine months before we tackled mine. He did it, uh, like anything he could, um, uh, anything he could use used, he did. I mean, it, it's even the original cam, uh, that, that was in it. Uh, he just took it out and looked at it and said, yeah, this is fine, and put it back in there. Uh, I mean, he's got new pistons, new rings, but, uh, you know, he didn't go the, the route that I went, and I've, I've had a bunch of problems. Now, granted, a lot of the problem was the catalytic converter uh, that was bad, which is another issue that I just uh, just thought about. Um, there was a post, a recent post on xjtalk.com about, um, God, Matt, I can't remember what it was. Uh, and, and hello to the chat room. I forgot. We, uh, we didn't talk about the chat room last week and I almost forgot this week um, real quick uh, we have uh, we broadcast this show live on Ustream every week uh, every Sunday at 10 p.m. Central Time and uh, you can come join us uh, during the live uh, taping of the show and uh, jump in the chat room and uh, cut up and uh, do whatever uh, interact with uh, with us although uh, Josh can't see you for band because of bandwidth considerations, but we're, we're looking at getting him geared up so he can monitor the chat room in a low bandwidth situation. At any rate, um, I can't remember, uh, exactly, uh, what, what post it was, but they were talking about injectors and Matt got to thinking, uh, about the injectors that I had put in, uh, my, uh, my Jeep several, oh, a couple of years ago, I guess now. 
and they're uh, from a Mustang. Uh, and he did a little research, <clears throat> and he said that they were 24-pound injectors at 39 PSI. The Cherokee doesn't run. The 97 Plus doesn't run at 39 PSI. No, it doesn't. Runs at 49 PSI. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, I was thinking that the computer, the ECU, would make the adjustments based on what it was seeing from the O2 sensors. And it probably does. But there may be an issue that I'm putting too much fuel um, into the cylinders with these Mustang injectors. And uh, it's running rich which means my gas mileage is going to be poor. And uh, also, too, the extra fuel going to the catalytic converter will cause it to fail. So um, I found some injectors on eBay that are rebuilt, that are four-hole Bosch uh, injectors that are rated more along the lines of what the stock uh, Cherokee injectors are. So those are coming, and I'll be trying those out. Very cool. I know Bosch makes some good stuff, uh, so I yeah you know, I can't wait to hear about that. Uh, can I ask uh, how much? I think they were 109. That seems about right. Well, I don't know. I, I saw individual um, injectors. I guess they were new, priced for between 43 and 73 each. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Good luck with that. Yeah. I think I paid really? 69 bucks for the uh, the Ford injectors I have right now, but. I had to buy adapters uh, to go on those. So it, uh, all said and done, it was over a hundred dollars when I got when I got done with them. Now I, I'll, I I will say this: there was absolutely no change between the stock Cherokee injectors and these Mustang injectors. Whether it was uh, in noticeable performance, there was no uh, less of a performance than what I had before, and there was absolutely no MPG change. And you know, I, I monitor each uh, each uh, fill up on my uh, my uh, ninety eight since uh, well before I put the four fifty six gears in, so like a good four years. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a common <clears throat> common misconception that I that I hear from people. Uh, they they talk about oh well I'm I'm going to do an injector upgrade, and it's not really as much of an upgrade as you as you'd think. Um, you know, the four hole. Or you know the some people use the the Dodge Dart or the or the Ford Mustang injectors that that drop right in and will plug right up, um, but there's there's really no benefit. There's really not much of a gain other than saying, well, these injectors have four holes versus the single hole pintle style that you know the factory ones are you know come with. And um, the best the one thing that I've heard that people see over anything else, if anything at all, is that you might get a smoother idle. Uh, and that would be about it. Uh, there's there's going to be no difference in horsepower, no difference in acceleration or MPGs, as you yourself has even mentioned. Uh, and you can ask 100 different people, and they'll all say the same thing. Uh, so unless you get into the point of where you're building a stroker engine, um, where, or you know, you're adding something like a supercharger, or you're getting into some really crazy modifications to the engine, and we're talking well above and beyond that of just you know intake and exhaust, even even a bored out throttle body. You're not going to be getting much of anything uh, from doing a um, you know a um, injector swap and the injector upgrade. There's really not much of a benefit to it. Well, <clears throat> I was a little concerned. Uh, I was actually thinking that this might help my uh, fuel situation a bit because. You're- yeah, in your case, Tony, um, you know, the numbers are just off. And so I, that very well could be, you know, a contributing factor to some of the issues that you have going on. 
So well, in your in your case, it would be worthwhile to um, to investigate and, and and check out these other injectors that are going to fit more into the, the the parameters that Jeep is supposed to be running in. Well, no, what, what the direction I was going was since I have the aftermarket cam, uh, I I require it should require a little more air and fuel for it to run properly, and that's the reason why I put the the board out throttle body on there to, to try to give it the uh, ability to get more air. Uh, perhaps that there was already too much fuel. I mean, from what I understand from looking at the OBD2 information, it is running rich. So I was at least trying to open up the the throat, so to speak, so that it could get more air in there, maybe balance it out a little bit more. But um, <clears throat> haven't seen that. So if I go with uh, when I go with these injectors, then I'll be um, tuning down the fuel flow a little bit. I think uh, I'm still learning about this. I don't know if the computer is going to override this and, and put it to wherever it thinks it needs to be. So. We'll just have to wait and see. Anyway, a hundred bucks for uh, a new set of uh, rebuilt uh, injectors isn't isn't too much to to try it out. You know, one thing that just just popped in my mind: um, if if you are pumping a little bit more fuel into there, and you've got a little bit more air going in through there with that larger throttle body, um, you know, I'm wondering if you just don't have enough spark to ignite the the additional air and fuel. I mean, obviously, you're getting ignition. There's a, there's detonation going on in there, uh, but I'm wondering if something like a multi-spark uh, distributor wouldn't help uh, I- increase the amount of spark that's going on in the combustion chamber and really maximizing the amount of, of combustion going on. Well, I haven't uh, installed the uh, the uh, what is it firewire ignition system uh, that I have on this one, but. Uh, there again, I never did notice a difference on the old engine. And this, of course, this engine is is a bit different, but yeah. it didn't make was, any difference on the old engine. Now, is uh, that firewire, is that just a, a high-energy ignition, like an ATI coil style? Yes. Okay. It's a higher-voltage uh, coil, and uh, um, supposed to, you're supposed to be able to, to gap the spark plugs up to 65 thousandths. Oh, my. Yeah. So... Um, and, and this, it might work out better on this engine. I just haven't, uh, haven't tried that yet. Uh, I don't want to get, throw too many, too many things at it. Uh, just try to, you know, do it incrementally, incrementally, uh, one thing at a time <laughs> and, uh, see where there's a change. And there's, there is one thing that I did uh, read about a while back, uh, about mile per gallon that I had never considered. Uh, there was a, a Cherokee on one of the, the, jeep magazines uh they're online i think you can also uh, get a, a physical magazine but anyway they wrote that they were doing things to try to improve the miles per gallon and, and this firewire system was one of the things they used but they found that the the biggest limiter uh was a bad um steering uh pump and it was dragging the engine down and causing uh miles per gallon to go up i'm sorry to go down so they uh, they got a two or three mile per gallon boost whenever they swapped out uh, to a new um, steering pump. Very interesting. Yeah, and um, um, I keep thinking about getting one to put on there, and uh, I may do that pretty soon. I've noticed, especially when it's cool outside, um, it is uh, the steering is a little um, difficult and. Also, too, the thing I, I'm having a hard time understanding, and I was thinking about this uh, in the hour-long drive to uh, Creekside this uh, this weekend, that uh, the TJ, even though it has 32 by 11 and a half uh, tires, I can't take a, I can't put a, a, a heavy grip on that steering wheel. I'll be all over the road. It is, it's so tight, and 
it's almost like, uh, well, it reminds me a lot of the Mustang, the 96 Mustang my wife used to drive. And it's a Dana 30. It's a, it's a, uh, uh, a high pinion. Uh, I'm sorry, it's a low pinion instead of a high pinion. But I don't know that there's anything different between the TJ and the XJ. Maybe the steering box is different. Maybe it's upgraded in 2003 from 98. But, man, the steering is like night and day. Uh, well, I real quick, I, I know that now I, I'm going out on a limb here, and I, I don't know this for sure, but I know that the YJs um, had a – now, for those of you who don't know, the, the YJ, the earlier Wranglers, the square headlight Wranglers, um, their steering box will bolt right into an XJ. Uh, they have a four-hole mount, so it's a stronger mount. But the thing is with the Cherokees is that the 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 ratio in the steering is um, is variable. It it changes from as you the farther you go from dead center, uh, either left or right, you increase uh, from a variable to a to a three to one. Whereas the YJs have a fixed three to one ratio. Uh, so it, I'm wondering if the TJs don't didn't follow suit. And they carry that fixed steering ratio steering box um, a, a on the three to one versus uh, ours, which is a variable. I don't know. I'll probably be uh, um, looking up online and, and bugging Matt to see what he knows about it. But um, uh, I don't know if it is the the power steering unit or if it is the the actual box itself. But uh, I don't have the slop in my in my steering anymore since I uh, finally got the Pitman arm to actually uh, get tight all the way up on the uh, shaft. So it's not that. Anyway, it's it's just more fun with Jeeps and making them, modifying them and making them get, trying to put them back the way they were <laughs> before we started touching them. <laughs> First week in Jeep. Boy, folks, this week in Jeep, uh, it's a segment we have dedicated to the week in news as far as Jeep goes. And I got to give credit where credit is due. Big thanks to John, prerunner1982 on xjtalk.com for uh, giving me a little bit of a news feed. Every now and again, he, uh, he sends me some goodies and, uh, and like to share them here in this, in, this part of the, uh, in this part of the show. I've got some good stuff for you guys and a lot of good numbers here for you. Um, real quick, Jeep is, is going to be dropping a big chunk of change over there in Indiana. So uh, any of our indie listeners here, um, heads up, you got a lot of jobs coming your way with Jeep dropping $374 million uh, in, a, in a series of plants, uh, $162 million of which is going to be going to Tipton, Indiana in a currently empty uh, facility right now that's got absolutely nothing going on. They're going to create 850 jobs to, um, to create this facility to build their nine-speed transmissions. Or, uh, yeah, these nine-speed transmissions, which are going to be going in all of the front-wheel drive vehicles like the Dodge Dart and the upcoming 2014 uh, uh, Jeep Cherokee. So, I mean, that is really cool, and production is supposed to begin in uh, the first quarter of 2014. Uh, the remaining $212 million is going to be going towards the, the Kokomo transmissions and the Indiana transmissions plant, creating the largest transmission manufacturing installation in the world. So Jeep not only creating a, a massive amount of jobs, 400 new jobs there, 850 jobs in the Tipton plant, um, and breaking a world's record. So that is, uh, that is really cool. Jeep uh, definitely trend-setting there. Uh, also got uh, some interesting stuff um, about the Jeep diesel. Uh, we talked about uh, a little bit about the, uh, the new Grand Cherokee and how one of the engine op options is going to be their, what they're calling the eco-diesel. Um, and it's actually got some really, really substantial and, and, and 
very interesting numbers. 240 horsepower coming out of the Eco Diesel. That's really nothing to really shake a stick at. But what is, is the 420 foot-pounds of torque this thing is going to be producing. Now, it comes with a hefty price tag. You're looking at about $40,000 to get the Eco Diesel with, the, uh, with those kind of numbers. And if you're looking at the, uh, the, the limited with every single option that Jeep has to offer, look at about a $50,000 price tag on those. But it also has 750-mile range. Uh, we, we talked a little bit about that, how um, these, new, these new bases are going to be a pretty good building platform for an expedition vehicle. 750-mile range, 420-foot-pounds foot, of torque. The really cool thing is, is the eight-speed transmission that Jeep is throwing in behind these things, coupled with the two-speed transfer case, is going to create, check this out, a 44-to-1 crawl ratio. That is, that is mind-blowing. 44-to-1 crawl ratio um, going to the wheels at super low. You can just basically let off the gas and climb a tree in these things. That's going to be cool. 420 foot-pounds of torque with a 44-to-1 crawl ratio. Uh, that's awesome. And uh, last but not least, um, in the shadow of Jeep's Twitter site getting hacked uh, recently, um, there's been a huge uproar about the Jeep Cherokee, and uh, and the the tweets have been coming in left and right, and I guess um, it's pretty much on par with what they were planning from the beginning. Um, the designer Ralph Giles, uh, Chrysler's head of design, there um, has pretty much said that they were going with a polarizing design with the 2014 Cherokee. Well, they've gotten it. It's pretty much <laughs> love it or hate it sort of thing. And, and most of the people are, are leaning towards, um, you know, the hate it side. Uh, some of the stuff that people are talking about is an icon has been ruined. Have you never owned a Cherokee? Come on, Ralph. I'm really disappointed. Uh, you know, other people are saying this is why I love uh, Ralph Giles, even if he is insane or maybe because of it. <laughs> he obviously knows what he's doing. So, I mean, uh, some of the people are saying it looks like more time was spent looking at the Nissan, um, you know, and, and focusing on focus groups than on looking at the Jeep heritage. So very interesting here, very polarized, straight down the middle. Either you love it or you hate it. You know, so people are saying, I'm sorry, this is just wrong. This thing is absolutely hideous. Sorry to see that Jeep has lost sight of what its customers want. And, and it's true. I mean, this thing looks nothing like the Jeep's, uh, Jeep's heritage. You know, looking back to the old boxy, what we're familiar with, Jeep Cherokee, the XJ. This is a far, far cry from that. You know, some people are saying that it's a, it's a funky, new, different design. It's what attracting the younger buyers that this car is clearly after. And unfortunately, that's sort of the, uh, the name tag this thing is getting slapped with. It's more like a car than anything else. But um, the, the designer is saying, you know, to have faith, uh, that, you know, this, this thing is going to live up to the off-road heritage despite its front-wheel drive underpinnings. Uh, so, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. But they're, they're saying just, you know, have faith. We know what we're doing. This thing will perform. So I guess it's just going to have to be a wait and see. This is Dan from the 4x4 Podcast, and you're listening to the XJ Talk Show. Hey guys, this is Dan from the 4x4 Podcast, and I wanted to give you a little teaser about what's going to be coming up on the 29th episode of the 4x4 Podcast. On this episode, I'm going to bring you an interview with Randy Batman to learn more about an event to benefit the families of two officers who were killed in the line of duty. 
In the news segment, we learn of a partnership between GM and Isuzu. The Jeep Compass and Jeep Patriot both ditch the CVT. Three dangers in switching to a synthetic winch rope. And lots of discussion about the newest Jeep that we love to hate, the 2014 Jeep Cherokee. And also we got some a, a short segment called Outdoor Edibles, where we'll teach you a really interesting recipe that you can try out on your next uh, off-road camping adventure, and some feedback, uh, what people are looking to buy for new off-road vehicles, new, new, and also used new. So, hope you guys come on over to the 4x4podcast.com and check out episode 29, coming to you soon. You know, Josh, I was trying not to interrupt while ago. Uh, I actually muted the mic with all the laughing I was doing um, on the, uh, the the 2014 Jeep Cherokee. The the one thing that kept coming to my mind was, who is the person that likes the likes this design that doesn't work at Chrysler or Fiat? Yeah, I, apparently there there are people out there. I just don't think that they are true Jeep enthusiasts. Um, these are people that are that may or may not even be you know car people or gearheads, uh, but they like what they see. There are people out there. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of sales numbers uh, end up happening and and what when when these things actually get into the hands of, of people like Car and Driver or you know some uh, some of the off road magazines. I really would love to see what like, you know, the editors of JP magazine or something like that have to have to say about this thing. If they get their hands on one, I wish I had enough money. I'd buy one when they came out and I would, uh, uh beg, borrow and plead, uh, Nicole Johnson to ru- run over it in the monster Scooby-Doo yeah. <laughs> to a cheering crowd. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, uh, as I was uh, saying earlier, I went out to, uh, off-road park this, uh, this weekend and it was, uh, it was great being welcomed there by, uh, people that I knew and, uh, the majority of people that I didn't, uh, know, at least personally, uh, had an opportunity to, uh, to meet, uh, Timmy TXJ and, uh, our new moderator, uh, moderator here in the uh, chat room and also to a new moderator on the xjtalk.com, uh, uh, brass cats, uh, Jim, and uh, it was good meeting those guys. Super friendly. It's, uh, it's wonderful to, to go out and just, uh, you know, put a face with a, uh, uh, I guess a chat, a text, uh, screen a name. post. Yeah. A screen name. So, uh, I was uh, able to uh, do a few interviews and I thought we would, uh, uh, play one of those, uh, interviews, uh, for you guys in the, uh, the, uh, live show and also too here on the podcast. So this is a little interview do that, that I did with, uh, Timmy TXJ and, uh, his girlfriend, uh, Jennifer, who is also, as you'll hear, a Jeep owner. It is a uh, YJ. Your second radio. It's right? not really radio. It's podcast. podcast. There's better. none of that pesky RF. Yeah, even better. Okay, hey guys, we're still out here at uh, Creekside, and uh, you know, I'm sorry, we I got introduced, but I've forgotten your name, so I'll let you introduce yourself. All right. Well, I'm on the site, you know me as Timmy TXJ. That's good. Uh, I go by Timmy or Tim. Uh, outside, yeah. So, but you're you're not out here with your XJ. What's up with that? No, the XJ is kind of in pieces right now. I just got a new bumper and uh, just got a new lift kit put on it. Uh, ah. So I'm still working on uh, getting the bugs out of that, getting longer brake lines, and uh, getting some some of the accessories that were uh, part of the stock bumper moved around. So where I'm not gonna 
knock them off when I'm... Well, good Lord, no wonder you're pissing and moaning about wanting to be out here. I, that makes a lot of sense now with all the upgrades. Yeah, I, I really feel kind of left out riding here with uh, everybody in their, their Jeeps, and, you know, mine's sitting at home in the driveway all clean and and misused. Well, you know, I've modified mine pretty extensively, and, and I like coming out here too, but there's a benefit to what you're doing. Nothing on your Jeep is going to be broken today. That's that's a good point, but you know it's kind of that uh, red badge of courage when you get out and you break something. You kind of have that, yeah, I broke something. I'm using it. No, no, I, I disagree with that. <laughs> I can use it and not break it. Thank you very much. And I'm sorry, who, what was your name again? I'm Jennifer. I'm his girlfriend. <laughs> now you were telling me you have a Jeep too, right? Yeah, I have a '94 YJ. And what's your excuse for not having it out here? I just bought it in June, and I don't have a lift kit on it, and I have all-terrain tires. He doesn't want to get it dirty. Ah, there we go. Let's it, be honest. It, it's pretty. It's a pretty Jeep. <laughs> well, uh, my uh, I drove my wife's 2003 TJ out here, and I don't want to clean it, and I don't want to fix it. So it's sitting, and I'm riding also. So. Yeah, he was telling me he didn't want to clean my Jeep. That's why I didn't bring it out. Ah. All right, so I think, you know, after this trip, she's going to be, when we get back to the house, she's going to be looking at lift kits and all-terrain tires and like I, I need to take my Jeep off road. Is that true? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so what kind of what size lift are you thinking? Probably a three inch. No. No. The one the one on the, the two thousand three sitting next to his truck yeah. is a four inch. Okay, I'll do a four inch. That's my lucky number. No, it's uh her, her Jeep right now on stock sits just about as high as mine does on the lift. Oh, it's the most irritating thing. I've got a four and a half inch on mine. I put that four inch on uh, on my wife's with 32 inch tires and hers sits higher. Yeah, that, there's something wrong about that, isn't it? There is something wrong with that. I think that it's simply because of the way uh, the, the Jeep engineers designed it. And also, too, with that little lip that's on the side, I didn't realize how hard it was to get in and out of that thing. Uh, how lucky we were with the XJ with the little side lip yeah. is not quite as high. You kind of have to lift your legs to get up into the into the Wrangler over that little side uh, sill. I have learned to bring take both feet out before getting out because I might just land on my face otherwise. And I, and I warned my wife because I didn't want to hear about her landing on her face. <laughs> you scrape your shins up pretty good too getting out of there if you're not careful. Yep. So uh, the most important question about your Jeep, I, I've forgotten. What color is it? Uh, it's white. White's not so bad as long as it's not green. No, no. And, and the, the YJ? It's uh, in between a blue and a gray. It's really pretty. It's a custom color. Oh, okay. I was, I was, I was trying to think. I didn't remember that uh, Chrysler having that color on any of the Jeeps. So, it was, uh, was that something that when you got it, it was that color. It was that color. Apparently, it was stolen, so it was repainted, and it used to be like a bright green. Well, they saved you a lot of heartache. <laughs> we have a red green thing, a, a rivalry going on on the site. So that's why I was asking about the colors. And um, so they painted it. That's weird. And it's a good paint job. Yes. It's, yeah. It's pretty good. That's a, that's amazing. Well, I guess maybe they it was stolen and sold and it was repainted. Yeah. And so it was probably professionally done. I'm thinking they're hiding from the police and they're painting it. And I'm thinking like tempera paint or something, you know. No, it's it looks like it's a very professional job. It looks like they took all the seats and all the flares and all the kit off of it and did a real decent job on it. Well, that's really cool. Uh, that's those are paint jobs are very expensive. So, if you don't mind me asking, uh, how much did you have to pay for your YJ? Uh, Fifty-five. Oh, that's really good. How many miles did it have on it? Ninety-six. 
That's really good. I'm sorry, it's a 90... 94. 94. Yeah, I was going to say 97, which would be a TJ. Well, that's really good. Uh, yeah, I was looking at some YJs. I, uh, we went. We had looked at the TJs originally, so I wanted to get a TJ. But um, I think uh, they wanted like 12 for the one we got, and I was able to talk them down to 10.5. And it had 92, 93,000 miles on it. So for you to have that few miles on the, the YJ, that's great. Yeah, it's pretty great. Um, when I was looking, I saw nothing under eight grand so i was i pretty much jumped on it so there wasn't anything that you had to do to it well i fixed the ac and um, got rid of all the tacky chrome got rid of all the tacky chrome and then that's pretty much it well that's great if it was mechanically sound now uh is it a hard top a soft top soft top and and how do you does it bother you for the noise at all it's it's noisy but i just drive it on the weekends i don't it's not my daily driver so Okay, well, that's nice. Do you go uh, without the top on it very often? I do bikini top mostly. It's nice to have some shade, especially in, in down here where it gets to be, you know, 3,000 degrees during the summertime. Yeah, and that's where the AC comes in. That's the first thing I fixed on it, so. And that's factory air, right? It's, uh, I think so. It, it looks like it's um, part of the part of the system. No, I think that the. I think it's added on. I think it's aftermarket. AC. Okay. Yeah. Because I was, uh, I know a friend of mine uh, bought a TJ a few years ago, and he actually bought it without AC, and I thought he was just insane being in being in Houston and doing that, and then he eventually added the, the an aftermarket on there. It's pretty good. I like it. <laughs> so, is there anything you'd like to share with our XJ audience? Other, other than it's a fantastic site, I've been on XJ Talk for a couple of months now. Um, right when I bought my Jeep, uh, I was keyed into the site, and um, it's just a wealth of knowledge and information, and everybody on there is very, very friendly and helpful, and I, I, I love being part of it. Oh, by the way, uh, happy anniversary. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Four years, and, and we ne- we've never had a fight. Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> And I'm jealous. I'm a, way, a YJ owner, and there's no site out there like that for me right now. But like like we were telling you before we were recording, there's a Wrangler talk, and we've got like uh, three active users on there, so we could actually use somebody. So I'll be number four, my lucky well, number again. Well, that's true. <laughs> well, the, the four active. We do have quite a few on there. We just don't have very many act, uh, active people. So A lot of folks posting. Yeah, it's really strange. Uh, we started with about five people on XJ Talk, and it just mushroomed. Mm-hmm. And uh, Wrangler Talk just hasn't done that. There just must be a lot of other sites that that we're competing, competing with. Yeah. Well, I notice on XJ Talk, it's every day that I log in, I'm seeing that you know there are at least another five or ten new people uh, on the site. So that's really wonderful. Oh, it's amazing. And uh, my wife is still in shock because I'm not a very social person. So I keep telling her about all these people, and I'm doing this show, and I'm calling people on the phone. She's like, who are you? <laughs> I'm an engineer. I can uh, I can certainly relate to that. Yeah. I'm not the most social person in the world. Yeah, the computers are easy to deal with. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks a lot. Great conversation. Oh, thank you very much. We enjoy being here. Thanks for having us. Thank you, and it's nice to meet you. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Hey, this is Tony. And this is Josh from the XJ Talk Show. We want to thank you for calling our 24-7 voice line. Yes, we do. Just leave your first name and your question or comment. There's no guarantee, but we may play your message on the podcast. Oh, and don't worry about keeping it clean. We'll take care of that. Now it's your turn to speak at the beep. Since the dawn of time, XJ Talk has ruled the world. Shh,
Baker Baker 19 over coming down the hill. What she said. Humans are puny. <clears throat> Since the beginning of time, XJs have driven the nation of worlds. The world! Down the trail with the rocks and the dirt. Um, negative. In the trees. And you guys, uh, you guys remember Brandy Cherry. She uh, has changed her, her company location and name, and she was good enough to uh, call in a voicemail and uh, uh, give us that new information. Hey, it's Brandy Cherry, also known as Miss EIC from Every Inch Counts. A few things have changed since the last time I spoke with the XJ Talk Show. We are now located in North Texas. We've also changed the name to Bad Girl Customs. I'm also offering a mobile service where you order it, and I'll bring it out to you for installation on most items that we carry. I've also added an online store just to make it easier for y'all to get parts. You can look us up online at Bad Girl Customs, and Customs is with a K-U-S-T-O-M-Z dot com, or you can give us a call at 817-526-1115, 817-526-1115. Until next time, this is Miss EIC, saying stay dirty. And uh, Josh, this is probably the other than the interview that we've uh, we just played and uh, being out at Creekside and, and meeting everybody. This is probably going to be my, my most favorite thing on the show. Yeah, this is uh, this is something that uh, the Tony and I had a little bit of fun with. Um, as you guys uh, may have heard, if you go back a couple few episodes, you'll uh, you'll hear Tony and I talk a little bit uh, a little bit at length in one episode uh, about uh, one of our favorite shows, The Walking Dead. And um, and it didn't get uh, it didn't get re uh, received too well by by one of our well, by one of our listeners. And we always we always take uh, criticism. We all love to hear about what you guys have to say uh, about what we're doing here and about the podcast in general and everything like that. And uh, and he he called up and uh, and gave us a little piece of his mind, which we 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 love to hear, of course. And so we had some fun with it. We decided, okay, you know, let's let's go ahead and, and take this to the next level. And, uh, and, and Tony, uh, reached out to me and says, Hey, let's, let's go ahead and mess with this guy a little bit. Let's, uh, let's create a, a fake segment for the show and, and let's get an intro for it and everything like that. And, um, and let's have some fun with this and kind of throw him a curveball and make it seem like we're going to go ahead and, and talk for, you know, an hour or so about, <laughs> you know, about walking dead. Cause he didn't like the, you know, this is a Jeep podcast and we'd like to try and, and keep it focused on the Jeeps, uh, primarily. Sometimes Tony and I, we have a little bit of ADD and we'll go off in the left field a little bit here and there, but we decided that we decided to, uh, to really color this one up and, and, uh, we created a, I created a, um, an intro for this mock, uh, this mock segment and, uh, Tony, do you have that queued up? Yep. Here we go. This is, again, this is the, the mock segment and we wanted to make Denver, uh, think Denver V1 think that this was going to be a regular on the show. And uh, anyway, here here's here's the uh, the segment we played, or the mock segment that we played. Walkers, crawlers, blood, guts, and all that is zombie. It's time for Tony and Josh to recap this week's AMC's The Walking Dead. (laughs) 
lie, you motherfuckers. Y'all really had me going for a minute. I was about to be like, no way, you son of a bitches aren't going to sit there and talk about your fucking Walking Dead show for fucking five minutes or ten minutes or however the fuck long it was going to be. That shit was absolutely hilarious. Y'all really had me going there for a minute. I was about to throw my phone out the fucking window and just start listening to fucking TMZ.com or whatever so I could get in on the damn Walking Dead shit. Damn, you guys are funny. You know the good work, guys. Later. Denver D1, by the way. <laughs> this is Denver D1 again. I just can't get over that shit. Y'all had me going. Guys, I'm thinking there's no way you put that much work into a damn intro and shit just to fuck with me a little bit. But you guys had me rolling over when she finally gave it up. I was going to tell y'all last week, sorry I didn't call in. I wasn't feeling real good last week. But y'all sounded like a couple of bitches over standing in line at the damn Twilight Midnight premiere waiting for your fucking tickets. The eyeliner running down your face because Edward looked at you that way. That's how I get into Twilight or Vamps or fucking Walking Dead or Talking Dead. That was the funniest part. It's a Jeep podcast, fellas. Later. Oh, Denver, thanks for being such a good sport, buddy. No, it was all just for you. Uh, <laughs> we had a lot of fun with it, and I'm glad you enjoyed it too, man. Oh, man, that was uh, that was great. You know, I was afraid that we had carried it uh, on a little too far in, based on what he had said in his uh, uh, message that it was going to, you know, like two seconds in, is like, well, screw this. <laughs> I'm done, you know. <laughs> I think uh, he knows. I think he knows a little too much about Twilight, don't you? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> no, that was uh, that was a lot of fun. I think uh, probably probably some of the best fun I've I've had on the podcast uh, thus far. It was it was really really fun to um, to get creative and and uh, and create that little intro and and it was all just sort of a prank. It was a gag of sorts. So uh, it was nice to have some fun and and to be able to to really kind of it's it's kind of like connecting with our listeners. I mean, it was it really it was. was Definitely uh, something on a very personal level, almost, and and it was uh, it was really cool. Denver did then call back and give us some uh, give us some feedback about uh, how he received our our uh, poking fun at him a little bit, some uh, constructive criticism. So let that yeah. be a lesson to the rest of you guys. We do listen to criticism. Yeah, we just might uh, play with it a little bit too. So <laughs> well, and it's important to, to for you guys to understand. XJTalk.com is the same way. We're, we're, we are respectful of one another's opinions, but we still have fun. We still, you know, <clears throat> a group of guys, whether it's guys and gals or, or all guys, we're going to be, we're going to have different, differing opinions. And it's the, it's the respect that we show one another. And there's going to be teasing. I think you can still be respectful and tease somebody in a respectful way. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, almost like, you know, a locker room kind of teasing a little bit, you know, it's all, it's all fun and games. And, uh, and you know, we don't, we're not doing anything to hurt anybody. And, and like many of our, of our fans and our, and our site users have said, you know, xjtalk.com is probably by far one of the most friendliest Jeep sites on, on the web. And, uh, and certainly one of the most useful as well, folks, if you, if you are just getting into Jeeps or, you know, somebody who is be sure to point them our way, uh, I guarantee you they'll be in good hands. Yeah. We'd like to have their questions here on the site too. Indeed. Yeah, folks, if you've got uh, questions, uh, you want to reach out to us and, um, and, and give us a call, kind of like Denver did there, and, uh, and shoot us a message. Uh, you can call our 24-7 voicemail line at 530-675-4102 and, uh, and have some fun. Leave a message, tell us what you think, or, or just call and say hi. Or if you're a little more comfortable on the keyboard, make sure you uh, shoot over a message to newstips at xjtalk.com. That's N-E-W-S. T-I-P-S at xjtalk.com. 
and uh, just put in the subject line what it's all about. Oh, we haven't mentioned it in a while. Uh, that uh, that same number that uh, Josh gave you, if uh, you don't want to leave a voicemail, you can send a text message. Hey, state of the art technology there, Tony. Way to go! It's like it's the uh, the late nineteen nineties. <laughs> what else we got, Tony? We got uh, we got a little fun with Amazon uh, right now, don't we? No, we don't. I'm trying to find the. Uh, I just noticed it's not on the board. Whoops. Well, let me go ahead while Tony's uh, searching for the right button. Let me give you guys a little heads up as far as what we're going to be rolling into. Uh, we have a relationship with Amazon.com. Uh, and how this works is that uh, we have banners up on xjtalk.com and xjtalkshow.com. And if you click on that banner, it'll take you straight to Amazon.com, where you can shop as you normally would. Uh, or anybody you know is doing some online shopping, they can click on that button and shop as you normally would. Anything they buy, they're not going to spend a dime more for. But Amazon has agreed to give us a little bit of a kickback for the recognition. And, uh, and in doing so, Amazon has agreed to give us a list as far as what has been purchased. And, uh, and we don't know who is buying what. All we see is what has been purchased. So, uh, or bought, I should say. It's Tony <laughs> with a uh, poke fun at me. And so we, we decided to have a little bit of fun with it and create a game. And we've called it You Bought What? Amazon.com and the XJ Talk Show present You Bought What? Yep, You Bought What? And uh, this week, uh, you know, I'm just going to start with this real quick. Uh, Mike Minnie, uh, the um, uh, the winner of the winch that we gave away, gosh, was it over a year ago? I can't remember now if it was, uh, it must have been over a year ago. Yeah. Um, he recently, uh, I don't see him a lot on the site, but he stays in contact on Facebook, uh, with me on, uh, whether it's my personal account or the, uh, xjtalk.com, uh, um, um, Facebook account. And, uh, he, uh, recently uh, told me that he purchased over, you know, with tax refunds, he, uh, purchased over $700 worth of equipment through Amazon, uh, after clicking on our banner ad. So I was uh, very grateful, and of course, uh, as most people like uh, to know, uh, if they go to the trouble of uh, clicking on the ad, they like to make sure that we uh, got credit for it. Nothing, yeah. nothing has shown up. So, Uh-oh. yeah, I was. Uh, I told him, and I tried to make it clear to him. Hey, it's the the important thing was that you thought about it, and you you know you thought about us, and that's that's all that really matters. But yeah. uh, but he was really concerned about it, and he's supposed to be getting me the. Uh, the order numbers, and I'm going to uh, ask Amazon, what the hell? Well, yeah, we definitely want to track that down. And folks, you don't have to be a big spender uh, like that guy uh, to get on our radar. In fact, um, you know, we're, we're just asking you guys to, to have some fun with this or to shop as you normally would. Uh, we're not asking you to go out and buy something special just so we can talk about it. Um, it's just sort of a, sort of a, a courtesy call, so to speak. And, you know, if you're going to be buying something, uh, you know, check out Amazon and, uh, and if you decide to buy through Amazon, make sure you click on our link first, uh, and it'll take you straight to Amazon. And that way we can get that sort of credit as it were. Well, the and, thing, I'm sorry. The thing that I like the most about it is, is that we're not sitting here begging and borrowing or begging for money. Hey, if you like the show, please send us blah, 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 PayPal, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, basically people giving up real money that they could be spending on Jeep parts. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is a sweet deal because uh, Amazon or the the third party vendor is the one that's uh, that's throwing the dimes at us. It's it's not the 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 people that are buying the stuff. So I don't feel guilty about this at all. I just say, hey, if you you know if you get a chance, go, click on this and then click on that and then uh, and then we get a little something. It helps us pay for the uh, internet and the storage for the the show and uh, 
you know, it's the, it's a free show. You guys don't have to do anything except listen, and you do have to listen, damn it. <laughs> no, it's a great way to support your favorite podcast and your favorite website. So, Tony, what do we got on the list uh, here? I'm seeing uh, what we got. Maybe a couple of um, a couple of uh, of TV shows or something like that. Yep, we've got uh, Clear, which is uh, the ep- one of the episodes from um, The Walking Dead. Oh, wow, we were just talking about that. Hey, uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, great show. Uh, I watched it tonight before uh, before we started uh, uh, started the recording. Anyway, this was uh, Walking Dead Season 3, Episode 12, called Clear. You know, I don't know why. I never do keep up with the, the names of episodes. I was a big Star Trek yeah. fan. And yeah. I remember yeah. other Star Trek fans would say, hey, what did you think about blah, 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 whatever the name of the episode was. And it was episodes I had seen probably 10 times. Just loved the show. And I was like, which one was that? You know, tell, tell me the plot, and then I'll know which one you're talking about. <laughs> There's another one in there. It's uh, I Ain't a Judas. And uh, that was, um, you know, shoot, I didn't see which, uh, which episode or, or which season that was from. But, uh, but uh, that was another H- high-definition um, you know, sort of video on demand through, uh, through Amazon there. So uh, glad to see that somebody is taking time to go through that and, uh, and watch, uh, watch another one of our favorite episodes, or one of our favorite shows. That was uh, season three, episode 11. And uh, so they were actually, well, I don't know if they're watching them in reverse order or if they are uh, paying for them in reverse order or maybe just got billed that way. But that's uh, episodes uh, 11 and 12. So somebody's going through the seasons uh, one at a time. That's pretty cool. I mean, it really is the late 90s when you can do video on demand. Yeah, indeed. What do we got here, Tony? Uh, we'll get a little bit of uh, some tech goodness here. Stop pushing me, man. I'll get there. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. Damn it. <laughs> uh, you know what? Uh, I can't even pronounce this crap. It's basically a, uh, 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 an Android tablet. There, it looks like they're trying to call it an idle pad. Gee, if the, if the pad's going to be idle, I mean, that sounds like a drink coaster to me. Uh, but anyway, this is a, a nine inch Android, uh, touchscreen tablet. And, uh, Oh, 512 megabit, uh, megabytes of uh, uh, DDR3 RAM, 8 gigabytes storage, front camera. You know, this isn't, I'd have to actually uh, look at this in more detail, but this thing was like 98 bucks. Uh, I think that's the, I think that's the direction that, and it's strange too, because it said $98 on um, the little chart that we get. Maybe it was a sale or something, but when I look it up, it's 118 but if you guys were looking for an inexpensive Android-based pilot uh, with, uh, let's see, this says has, it has 3G Wi-Fi and uh, USB, it's $118 at, uh, at, uh, at, on, on Amazon. Yeah, definitely a good price point. I mean, that tablets are really coming down in price. And, uh, you know, you get something like the Torque application. Uh, and for those of us that have late model Cherokees, you get something like this, one of these cheap tablets and... Uh, and you plug it, plug it in with the Torque app, and then you get real-time onboard diagnostics while you're on the trail wheel in your Cherokee. Pretty cool. Yeah, you know, when they're, they get down low enough like that, uh, there's all kinds of things you'll be able to use them for. And certainly uh, Torque uh, Jeep monitoring is uh, one of the really cool aspects of it. Absolutely. Let's see, we got here uh, in the sports and outdoors department, a Sunto replacement elastomer band. Uh, so that's that's definitely interesting. Uh, somebody, we got some sports uh, sports nuts out there. Then and uh, well, getting getting themselves a jock strap. That's kind of cool. Go ahead and do the watch too, because you know I feel bad about you just getting the band. Oh no, no, that's all right. 
Um, and folks, uh, we, we've had a couple of high rollers here. Obviously, somebody dropping seven hundred dollars on uh, on a, on various purchases um, all at once. We had um, a couple few weeks ago one of our members uh, buy a fifty-five inch uh, big screen TV through Amazon. That was uh, by far to date one of the biggest purchases we've ever seen. And we thank you guys for for dropping that kind of coin. Um, again, you don't have to, but uh, we really appreciate uh, really appreciate the the purchases. This one here, no exception. Uh, $259 purchase for a Suunto Core Altimer watch, all black military style. And this is actually a really cool watch. The first time I, I saw it, uh, the first thing I thought was, yeah, dude, that's that's like spec ops right there. Uh, that's some pretty cool stuff. $259 watch, uh, an altimeter watch as well. So I wonder if this person is doing some skydiving. Yeah, I was wondering about that too. That's that's cool, but I don't guess you have to, you'd have to do anything with something just for it to, to look cool. Just the looking cool might be enough. Well, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, our Jeeps don't have an altimeter in them, so it's kind of nice to know uh, how high you're going uh, when you're climbing that climbing that hill. Wouldn't be a bad thing to have uh, if you were a private pilot. Oh, there we go. I know I know. Uh, we have a couple of members on the site um, that are also listeners to the podcast that are pilots, so I wonder if this might have been one of theirs. Yep, it's a good backup uh, in case you, uh, you should lose uh, some equipment uh, whenever you're flying across country or just around the, uh, the pattern. Um, but, uh, it's always good to know uh, how high you are. I, I wonder how they handle, uh, the, the setting, the zeroing of it. I bet you have to, I bet you still have to set this one, you know, because the air pressure always changes depending on cold fronts and yeah, stuff. Sea level is sea level is sea level. No, it changes based on oh. the air mass. Interesting. Yeah. You always have to set the, uh, the altimeter, at least you used to back in the eighties when I was flying. You have to you have to know what the elevation of the field is, but anyway, uh, the point being here is it doesn't matter if it's a high dollar or a low dial, dollar item. It just uh, means a lot to us that you go to uh, Amazon.com uh, after clicking on the banner on our homepage uh, because it means you're uh, not only uh, thinking of us, you're listening to us, and we really appreciate it. Yep, thanks again, guys. Really appreciate it. We just found out what you bought. Oh my god, I just can't believe that made it on the list. I love that outro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good times. So anyway, well, we got, go ahead. We got uh, we got a Jeep Tips here uh, coming up. Another um, another installment by I'm going to assume um, our beloved friend uh, Steve 4.3 LXJ. No reason to assume it. That you're absolutely correct. And folks, uh, you guys, if you have a Jeep Tip, something that you uh, you know, a trick, a tip, you know, hey, I know how to do this thing that we commonly run into when we're working on our Cherokees or when we're installing something, and it could save you time, it can save you money, um, you know, feel free to let us know about it. You want to get on this, we'd love to have you on the show. We have a third seat here, and it's open for somebody like Steve, for instance. He's, uh, he's commonly uh, helping us out with the Jeep tips, and that doesn't mean that you guys can't get, on, get in on it as well. Just give our 24-7 voicemail line a call, 530-675-4102, or shoot us an email at newstips at xjtalk.com. Just put in the subject line, Jeep tips. Yep, and I'll go one step further. Uh, if you've got a Jeep and you have an interesting story, okay, even if it's a, a mediocre story, uh, we'd love to have you on as a guest. Uh, we're trying to get, um, you know, big-name guests and uh, uh, have interesting interviews for you guys, but we're not limiting it to well-known individuals. Uh, this is Jeep uh, that we want. I mean, this is a Jeep. This is a show that we want everybody involved in. Uh, it's a community effort. It's, you know, Josh and I are the face of it, but just like xjtalk.com, we want everybody to be involved. So 
If any of you remember the uh, PRC Jeep story, the change of motor out and drive to Mexico, <laughs> that was yeah. one of our best interviews. Yeah, and, that was one of my favorites. Yeah, and it's just uh, it's just an xjtalk.com member. He's a real character. He was uh, out at uh, uh, Creekside this weekend uh, getting himself into trouble, into deep mud holes in two-wheel drive. Oh, boy. <laughs> because he came out there and he installed his front drive shaft at the park. And then, and then he finds out that he has a chain slipping in his transfer case. Yes. That's a big letdown. No, he's, he's hitting the same holes that uh, Big Jim was hitting. Well, so, hey, no, I'll give him credit. That's, I mean, trooper on, soldier. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. But it's this kind of, it's this kind of individual that makes uh, interesting storytelling. And, uh, uh, and so far he's, he's making his way. Like he made it all the way to, uh, to Mexico and back. And so things that uh, just amaze and impress me, you know, like, I, like I say, uh, I said before, ah, youth, uh, but, uh, he makes it happen. So the point being is you may have an interesting story and, uh, like Patrick did, and we're going to get Patrick back on. In fact, one of the interviews that we'll be playing here in the next, uh, uh, next few shows, uh, is with Patrick. Uh, and he is PRC Jeep on uh, xjtalk.com. Yeah, I've been, uh, there's a couple members who uh, I'm in regular contact with. And, and there's one of the 4x4 Troy, who I've been trying to get on the show for an interview for, for quite some time. And uh, hey, if you're listening, buddy, please reach out. I'd uh, love to hear from you. I'm going to try and get, a, get an interview uh, locked down finally one of these days. Yep. And uh, I'm really excited about the interview that we have tonight. This is. Uh, uh, an interview with uh, the principal of uh, Team Petty Cash. Uh, if you guys uh, remember from last week, I was telling you about the the racing Jeep. Uh, this is a uh, the the what do they call it? The Limon. It's basically lemon, pronounced uh, all fancy, and uh, it's a uh, a race, a twenty four hour race that uh, you can take any vehicle you want and race as long as the vehicle didn't cost more than five hundred dollars, and that's that means that the the vehicle has to make you know go for 24 hours solid on uh traditional race courses across uh the united states the same race course that you may be watching uh million dollar um uh, race car drivers and million dollar cars drive on well uh matt and his team are driving uh, a gosh you have to hear it on the interview i think it's an 84 uh jeep cherokee that they paid $200 for, which gave them a lot of room for modifications since it was only 200 bucks. <laughs> uh, I'm not mistaken. I'm, I'm probably speaking out of turn here, but this is probably in the history of the event, the first Cherokee to ever see track time. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and uh, you'll hear it in the, uh, in the interview. He, uh, he was basically told how, you know, it's kind of a tongue in cheek race. It's a real race, but it's kind of tongue in cheek, the whole thing. So it was like, Hey, you know, great. You're in the spirit of the race. You're bringing a, uh, a, a front axled vehicle out here to, to race with these cars and stuff. But, you know, fun's fun, but whenever the, the faster vehicles come up, you need to move out of the way and let them pass you. Well, first race, he was, or the, the team petty cash was, uh, in front of 75% of the field. <laughs> that is awesome. It and is turkey. That's just great. Yeah, it is a wonderful sleeper story. And it's, it just, it is a, a great feeling to know that we were so, um, fortunate to happen across, uh, the Jeep Cherokee that is so versatile and keeps going and keeps going and even Dodge, even Chrysler can't kill it. So that's coming up along, uh, with our Jeep tip. 
So stick with us and uh, you'll hear that coming up next. XJTalk.com. It's where you go when you're not off-road. You're listening to the XJ Talk Show. Please help Tony and Josh get more listeners by telling a friend or two or three about the podcast. It's so simple. Just tell them to go to xjtalkshow.com. Okay, look, Tony is really insecure and he measures his success by how many people listen to the show. He is driving us crazy. So please tell a friend. The XJ Talk Show is now available on iTunes. Subscribe and leave a review. Also, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Got a tip? We do. It's time for Jeep Tips. And here is uh, Steve, 4.3 LXJ from xjtalk.com with uh, tonight's Jeep tip. Welcome back, Steve. Hi, Tony. It's good to be back. I thought I'd uh, talk tonight about uh, airing down. It's uh, something that just we, we just all do around here. And uh, uh, airing down didn't become popular uh, on uh, four-wheel drive rigs until the 60s um, and early 70s. And in fact, uh, I have a, a military vehicle uh, in uh, my shop. It's called a Mighty Might, and, and you can see what it looks like on xjchalk.com. Uh, it's called Project Humwee. Uh, but it actually, on the dash plaque, has recommended tire pressures for off-road. And as far as I know, in when it was made in 1961, it was the first military vehicle to recommend tearing down tires for off-road use. And I didn't learn about it until uh, the mid-70s uh, when I bought a Mighty Might and when I was wheeling with some guys that uh, had started doing that. And I was amazed at the difference. Um, when we drive on the street, we like to have our tires pumped up, uh, less friction in the tire, less heat, they wear better. Gives you better gas mileage because of lowered rolling resistance. But it also has a very small footprint on the asphalt when you're aired up correctly. And that's not always a very good thing when you're going off-road because we frequently off-road in things that are soft, like mud, sand, dirt, uh, gravel, snow, uh, all those things that make wheeling fun. And when we do that, if you use a fully aired up tire, they start digging holes, especially in deep snow and sand. So what a lot of us have learned from experience is that we let some air out of our tires. And I carry equipment to uh, take air out of my tires, and I have onboard air so that I can air them up quickly. And I take my normal... Uh, on-road tire pressure of about 30 pounds down to 15 pounds. And we use that pressure normally for uh, most types of off-roading on rocks, uh, trails, washboards, uh, gravel, and the usual kind, you know, mud, usual kind of things that we, we wheel on. Now, I will go down a little bit lower, I'll go down to like eight pounds in uh, snow and sand. And it's because uh, 
snow and sand are so soft that you just need all the footprints you can get with a mud tire or you start digging holes in a hurry. Um, on lighter vehicles, you're going to want to air down a little bit more. Now, 15 pounds is fine for the average uh, Cherokee, but uh, a vehicle like uh, my son's Mighty Might and uh, with the Super Swampers that are on, or yeah, the Super Swampers are on there, uh, we go up clear down to five, and that's just what it takes to make the sidewall start squishing. So you have to pay a little bit of attention to, uh, number one, how much tire you're running. The larger the tire, the lower the pressure you can run. And number two, uh, a tire that has, for instance, a load range E with a, uh, a stiff sidewall is not going to need as much tire uh, air pressure as a tire, say, a load range C, which is probably what most of us are running. So uh, that makes a difference. So how do I know how much tire pressure I should run? It's really a subjective thing, and it's uh, something that's a little bit of a trial and error, but kind of a rule of thumb is, is that I want at least a six-inch long footprint that is where the tread is touching the ground, six inches long on a firm surface. And whatever pressure that is, depending on the weight of your vehicle and the type of tire you have, is a good pressure and a, and a good footprint. And that will allow it to conform to uh, obstacles. Uh, it'll allow that tire to conform to things like washboards in a long gravel road, and you won't be going all over the road because your tires are bouncing around and so forth. And uh, it's also a, uh, a good-sized footprint for uh, mud. You don't dig holes quite so fast, even with uh, aggressive mud tires. So it's a trial and error thing, but that's kind of what you want to shoot for. When you when you air down, and it should be part of your your off road behavior, so to speak, whenever you go off road. Great, Steve. Thank you for this week's uh, Jeep tip. Well, happy wheeling. And now for a disclaimer: Jeep tips is for entertainment purposes only. If you choose to follow these tips, man up and take the responsibility for your own actions. If you cannot, or you feel that working on your Jeep is beyond your abilities, seek the help or advice of a trained, certified mechanic. I know you've heard us talk about Amazon on the podcast before, but have you heard about our new game? You bought what? It's a lot of fun, and we want you guys to play along. All you have to do is go to xjtalk.com or xjtalkshow.com and click on the Amazon banner there on the main page. This takes you right to Amazon, where you can buy any crazy little thingamajig to join in on the fun. Amazon gives us a list every week of what you guys are buying, but we don't get to know who it is that's buying it. As an added bonus, you get the same great price you always would, and Amazon is going to give the show a small pittance for you playing along. So let's all have some fun. The XJ Talk Show and Amazon.com. Hey, this is Mark from DetoursUSA.com. You're listening to the XJ Talk Show. Hi, this is Tanya Francine with the National Weather Service Skywarn Program, reminding you to keep an eye to the sky and listen to the XJ Talk Show. Hey, this is Tim from Jeep Tubes, and you're listening to the XJ Talk Show. Hey, guys, tonight we have a, uh, another very special interview. Uh, this uh, came to us through uh, Richard Goatman, the uh, second-place finisher of uh, King of the Hammers and his uh, uh, Jeep Cherokee. This is uh, Matt Adair with uh, Petty Cash Racing, and uh, he's here to tell us about something that 
I didn't know anything about till tonight when we were first uh, chatting about this, and it, uh, it it just amazes me, and I find it extremely interesting, and I, I figured you guys will too. Welcome to the show, Matt. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Now, Matt, as I said, I'd like to get the audience a little bit of an idea of uh, who we're talking to. Uh, they know your name. They know you're with Petty, Petty Cash Racing, and you're, you probably have some affiliation with uh, Richard uh, Goatman, but uh, uh, who is Matt? Well, I'm a lifetime car enthusiast who, uh, when I was about 23, had uh, enough tickets and wanted to buy a house, so I sold all my sports cars and bought a 94 Cherokee and didn't know what I was getting myself into. And about $30,000 later, uh, <laughs> I was a fully devoted Cherokee enthusiast. And uh, between the King of the Hammers effort and the, uh, the the road race car that we're going to be talking about tonight, I, I'm a full-on uh, Cherokee geek, as I lovingly refer to myself. <laughs> That's great. You know, it's funny because uh, uh, driving fast and taking uh, chances – uh, this, this is my 327 72 Camaro, uh, not Camaro Nova that I had. Um, I, I learned pretty quick, I think by the age of 18, that if I didn't get in something that was, uh, uh, higher and slower, uh, I probably was going to get killed or kill somebody. So that's about, I had a, I had a very <laughs> similar revelation and it was, uh, I realized that I could get the same adrenaline rush at two miles an hour that I could at 102 miles an hour. And I could do it legally off road, and uh, it was uh, probably a very good thing that I uh, wisened up and uh, <laughs> went off road rather than uh, continued to feed my adrenaline rush on road. Yeah, it's fa- going fast is a lot of fun, and you know, um, <laughs> I'll have to admit, I ten is right over here in I ten, and uh, I'm sorry, here in Houston goes right through Houston, and uh, some nights uh, coming home. Uh, at uh, one o'clock in the morning when I was working the second shift, I would get my little uh, 98 Jeep Cherokee, not lifted or anything at the time, uh, up to over a hundred. Who knows? I didn't have GPS at the time, but it was, uh, it was cruising along. I had, uh, some, sh- uh, on two occasions, I had some, uh, uh, sheriff dep- deputies come up behind me and I knew that if anybody was coming faster than me, that it probably was, it was either somebody that wanted to race me and I'm not going to race them in a Cherokee or it was a cop. So I started signaling. Hey, why not? Yeah, I started <laughs> signaling and pulling over, and both times they would run up on me, and I was I was doing the speed limit, officer. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it's a lot of fun. The the Cherokee will move. Well, and so I, I what I've sort of the second part of that is instead of you know being stupid and driving on the street, I went off road, and then I found another uh, way to get my my you know speed fix, which in a much safer environment, which is on a racetrack. And that, um, yeah, is mainly what we're here to talk about. Absolutely. So, uh, you were saying that you've, uh, you've actually done quite a bit in the off-road world. Uh, you, uh, have been a magazine editor. You, uh, you're a member on Naxja. You have, uh, you personally, of course, have the, the Cherokee you were just talking about. And, uh, you have this, uh, this race car. Now tell us about this race car. So, yeah, it's uh, it started life as a 1987 two-wheel drive Jeep Cherokee. Uh, I live up in Seattle and or near Seattle, and in the Northwest, a two-wheel drive Cherokee is worth next to nothing. And uh, 
I bought it for 200 bucks. It was white, an ex-fleet vehicle, nothing special, uh, four-liter AW4 automatic, just pretty bare-bones basic rig. And uh, we bought it with the intention of running in a series called 24 Hours of Le Mans. And many people hear 24 Hours of Le Mans, and I'm mispronouncing it slightly. I admit it's 24 Hours of Lemons. <laughs> not the famous French race that costs millions of dollars to compete in. So, uh, yeah, we, uh, and so for those of you who don't know, 24 hours of lemons is a race series designed for the budget, <laughs> budget minded, uh, car enthusiast. It's, uh, there aren't a lot of rules, but, the main one is you can't spend more than $500 on your car and it has to last 24 hours. So, and, and how long, challenging. and how long have you been racing this vehicle? Uh, I've been racing in lemons since 2009. The series, it's, uh, six years old now. And it started very much, uh, sort of as a, a farce and a joke. And they, did it mainly just for fun. And then everybody said, Hey, this is awesome. This is a, a, a way for people to get out on a race course without exploding their budget. I mean, racing's expensive period, no matter what, but this is a heck of a lot cheaper way to go, uh, you know, exercise your, your race demons out on a track in a, uh, you know, closed course environment where it's, it's legal and got roll cages and safety gear and all that. Now it's 500 bucks. How, how do they keep up with how much you've spent? Because I can see somebody sneaking some, some, uh, well, not $500, much more than $500 worth of parts uh, on one of these vehicles. Well, truth be told, you know, we've spent thousands of dollars on our car and they have some exemptions in the rules for, for sanity and uh, safety. And so anything safety related is not included in the 500 bucks. So um, wheels, tires, brakes, roll cage, driver's seat, um, basically stuff that doesn't make you go faster, but might save your life is exempt from the 500. So the 500 bucks only covers the the car, the chassis, the the main stuff, and anything you do to it uh, to make it go fast. So what keeps people from, I mean, it's a race, so you want to win. What keeps people from sliding things in there that, that give them a unfair advantage? So there's something called the Lemons Supreme Court, and they have uh, justices of the court wearing robes and <laughs> full, full on, I, I, I kid you not. Uh, when you tech your car for safety after tech, which, by the way, is extremely stringent and they make you prove your uh, roll cage tubing material and thickness and all that. I mean, it is as professional uh, a race tech as anything I've ever seen. Um, after you pass that tech, then you go to the BS inspections, at which um, you will be addressed by a justice of the you know Lemon Supreme Court, and they look at your car and you can provide them with as much documentation and 
you can show them the receipts and Craigslist ads and all of these things that allowed you to bring a 2004 Pontiac GTO with an LS1 and a T56 manual, and they don't believe it because that's just not possible. So that's, this exact thing happened, actually. Uh, somebody brought a t- 2004 Pontiac GTO with an LS1 and a six-speed manual to a race at Sears Point um, last year, and they were penalized in laps, and that's how they keep things fair is they assess a negative lap value so you can't just go and buy the race. You can't just go bring a brand-new Lamborghini or something and just go win. So the Pontiac in quite that I was talking about was assessed two billion penalty laps. <laughs> oh God! So they're they're not, but they were allowed to go run around the track. And what's um, really funny is we passed them like four times in a Jeep Cherokee in the rain, <laughs> oh, uh, in a two wheel drive Jeep Cherokee in the rain. That's great. So and and I, I, we kind of skipped over this. Um, uh, I, the audience may uh, may know, and but some some of them may not. This isn't an off-road race. This is racing on regular race tracks across the country. That's correct. Yeah, it's it is. Uh, it's not uh, county fairground circle track stuff. It is actually, honest to goodness, uh, big boy race tracks. We race where uh, uh, you name it. You know, in any serious race series goes, we race on those same tracks, um, and we actually. I, think hold the Guinness Book of World Records for the largest starting field um, ever, and that was at Sears Point or Infineon Raceway or Race Sonoma, as it's now called. They've had their name changed a couple times recently. Uh, we had 184 cars start the race, and uh, that, that's an insane amount of cars in a two-and-a-half-mile course. I mean, it's like morning rush hour traffic. Yeah, I could see that. And, and that's the other thing I want to make sure that everybody's clear on. It's any vehicle, any vehicle, uh, I guess it would be any um, four-wheeled uh, vehicle uh, that can race, but it, it can only be a $500 or less vehicle. So it's not a, it's not yeah, a Jeep correct. Cherokee race. It's just like, like the, the people that brought that, uh, that Pontiac. It could be anything. And, and guys, uh, the Cherokee is doing rather well. Uh, this $200, uh, how, how many? It was like 200,000 miles when you guys got it. Uh, 201 on the odometer and we've put 10,000 race miles on it. <laughs> and, and this is 24 hours at a time that, that they're, that you guys are racing this. So, and, uh, and what well, you tell them, uh, how well you're doing with your Cherokee against these, all these other vehicles. Well, so there are three classes within Lemons. There's A, B, and C. Uh, they call it the good, the bad, and the ugly. And when we first started, it it was really funny, and as a Cherokee guy, I know I knew that, or I thought I knew that a Cherokee is relatively light. They're very cheap, and they are pretty darn reliable. So I figured it would be a pretty good endurance candidate. I mean, that's the the things you want in an endurance race car. And uh, so our first race, I actually had to get an exemption from the uh, chief perpetrator, as he calls himself, Jay Lamb, and uh, to allow us to race this SUV because everybody expected us to you just roll end over end on the first corner. And uh, 
the first day they all came up to us our very first race and said, Hey, it's really cool. You guys brought this Cherokee, uh, you know, good luck out there. Just make sure to, you know, when a faster car comes up behind you, move out of their way, this and that and so forth. And, uh, <laughs> we ended up after the first day, well up into the standings and people came over not to tell us to not kill ourselves, but what have you done to this? What have you done? And the thing was almost stock. We flipped, we did a, we cut a coil out of the front, uh, the front coils and we did a spring under conversion to the rear axle, had a stock Dana 35 with lots of gear noise. So we knew that was on its way out. <laughs> no. Um, one, you know, one tire fire, no, no limited slip in the Dana 35. Yeah. And, uh, it still, we ended up in the top 30% of the field and it, uh, been going ever, great ever since. See, this is great because this is the ultimate sleeper. Nobody expected anything. And, and actually they were telling you <laughs> negative stuff. And this is wonderful. It's a great story. Uh, Jeep owners know this about, uh, I mean, Jeep Cherokee owners know this about Cherokees, but it, to get the respect from, uh, from other people that are driving things that they, well, it's basically a brick, you know, you're pushing a brick around a track. Mm -hmm. So it, it's wonderful to hear this kind of thing. It's a, it's a great, uh, well, it's like a human interest story, except it's about Jeep Cherokees. And I, and I find this, <laughs> <laughs> I find this particularly funny because, uh, Chrysler or whoever they are now, uh, have come out with a new Jeep yeah. Cherokee that is just yeah. the most ugliest piece of crap I've ever seen. And, uh, it just, this is just, uh, you know, to me, it just shows they shouldn't have stopped making these things in 2001. But anyway, I have said for years that, the they could still be stamping these things out and just pushing the production line. And they would still sell more of these than they are of the compass and Patriot and Liberty combined. I mean, one of the highest selling years of Cherokee production was 2000 and they, you know, it's only gone down from there. I, I they live on. Thank God. Yeah. Thank God they made three million of them, so we have lots of parts, and we're going to have lots of parts for well, the future. So I don't know if you've seen a picture of our car, but uh, the the windshield we have a, a windshield banner, and it says "I survived cash for clunkers." <laughs> I think and I did see it's that. It's a true story. <laughs> it, it it is a absolutely true story. The the people I bought it from were going to try and trade it in on something, and you know, get the silly cash for clunkers promotional, you know, $3,000 or something for killing a Cherokee, you know, draining the oil and running it until it explodes. And, uh, uh, we thought we saved it from that fate. And that is actually proven to be somewhat difficult because we've, we've, we have blown motors. We have had issues with the, the four liter, um, and finding a replacement four liter now is actually kind of tough. Oh, really? I did not know that. Oh yeah, no, they're well. All the cash for clunkers Cherokees, which was the second most clunked uh, vehicle next to the Ford Explorer. When they when they do it, they have to drain the oil, pour in silica, and run it until it explodes. So all of those four liters are gone. Well, I don't know. I guess I got lucky. I have a 95 in mind now, and I've got my 98 sitting at my buddy's shop. Um, we were going to 
we were going to rebuild that one and I was going to have a standby, but uh, I don't know. I haven't been in a big, big hurry to, to rebuild it yet. So I guess I'm pretty lucky sitting on two. Uh, yeah, hold on to them. They're, they're tough to come by now. We've got uh, a spare motor is a couple, two, 300 bucks. Whereas, I mean, back in the old days, it used to be damn near free. Hey, I need a four liter. Okay. Here's three. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. So, but you guys Not are, anymore. you guys are curing that, uh, that problem with, uh, a, a different engine, uh, in your, uh, your racing XJ, aren't you? Well, we we really wanted to stick with the straight six. We really did. We oh, wanted to remain you. faithful to the to the two forty two cubic inch uh, lump that we've come to know and love. But we kept blowing them up, and which seems strange because I've had my other Cherokees on their side running. I mean, literally for you know. 30 seconds at a time with no problem. And there's never been any bottom end issues. I've sunk them in water, ingested and uh, oil or water into the motor. I mean, I, I've done terrible, terrible things to four liters and they've never had a problem, but every third race, we'd blow a motor in the Cherokee. And we finally sourced it down to high RPM lateral G loading. Oh. And, uh, so it's one thing to be idling on your side. It's another thing to be doing 4,900 RPM with the oil sloshed all the way away from the pickup. I got you. So, so you didn't try baffles in the, in the oil pan to try to uh, uh, battle that? So we did, actually. We baffled the pan, and we bought a used AccuSump, two-quart AccuSump on uh, Craigslist, and that did solve. And we also, uh, one of our sponsors, 4x4oil.com, uh, hooked us up with some some 2050 weight Amsoil with a ZDDP additive, which mm, is nice. important for the flat uh, tap it, yeah, for four liter health. Mm-hmm. It's a zinc additive, basically. Yep. And uh, that fixed the oiling problem. But at the end of the day, we were only able to squeeze out, you know, 150. Well, we dynoed we dynoed the car, and it was pretty embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you want to know what a Cherokee four liter with a ported HO head, 90, 91 head, uh, 95 fuel rail, cam, header, intake, board throttle body, uh, straight exhaust, no cat, and a cherry bomb muffler. You know what you want that put down at the rear tires? I'm going to, I'm going to guess 75 horsepower. How much? 75. Well, well not quite that bad. Uh, we made 134 <laughs> horsepower to the rear Oh, tires. see, you were making a big deal out of it. I'd love 134 rear, rear wheel. That's nice. Well, we did a lot of, a lot of work to that thing to keep her, keep, keep that kind of power. And, you know, people look at, well, I have 190 horsepower stock. It should be, it should be real fast. Uh, when you translate it through the AW4, it really sucks quite a bit of power out. And uh, bottom line is that the moral of the story is we're running 134 horsepower in a 3,000-pound car, and there's guys in Crown Victorias who are able to run a 4.6-liter modular uh, Ford motor that makes you know 250 and weighs the same. So we were just getting just 
it was not enough horsepower. Right. Uh, uh, startlingly enough, the car handles fantastic. Uh, I mean, we are able to totally out brake and out corner um, our competitors because of the the brake and tire and wheel package we've got. We've got Raceline wheels has hooked us up with some uh, some of their steel wheels, which you know just are indestructible, which is great for us. We can get banged into by other other teams and know that we're going to not have a, a wheel failure. And then probably the biggest thing is Falcon Tire. We're running their uh, RT615K Azenus tire, which is a barely street legal um, race tire. And it has been just absolutely astounding. That is truly our, our, our biggest uh, our biggest advantage. We're running a, a 245-45 17. Well, I guess the other thing you have to have is the ability to stop. Well, yeah, your tires only do so much and you need to combine your brake package with the tires and you can have all the brakes in the world and not the stopping or, and not the traction to stop the car and vice versa. Right. Um, so we, when we, the reason we're running a 17 inch wheel, uh, which race line, uh, had to special custom make for us because uh, there's not a lot of 17 inch wheels with a 3.75 inch backspacing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason to do that was to clear the rotors and the calipers on the big brake kit we got from Staffy Off Road. And um, I'll tell you, if you, anybody needs more brakes on a Cherokee, that is the way to go. It is a complete knuckle rotor, caliper, everything. And what's cool, it, it, it is unbelievable. I can outbreak BMW M3s, Porsche 928s, you name it. Uh, we've got more stopping power than basically any other race car on course. It's so, so, really awesome. So it's going to drive you nuts whenever you get back in your Cherokee and you're, you're ready to stop. <laughs> well, yeah, it's... Uh, I, I would definitely recommend, I mean, this is something that anybody and everybody can do to their, to their Cherokee. We, we run the same kit or a similar kit, um, built by, uh, uh, black magic, uh, black magic brakes on the King of the Hammers race car. And it, uh, you know, at 80, 90 miles an hour, we'll walk all four up. It is absolutely astounding. It, the, the brake, pad compound they've got figured out is just astonishing there are there are teams in lemons who change pads overnight and we go three to four races on the same set of pads oh and very this nice is absolutely you know 100 miles an hour down to 20 over and over and over again for 24 hours and you know, they hold up great so i cannot say enough good things about uh black magic brakes that's great now you were saying you had a a, a noisy dana 35 uh, initially uh, i'm assuming you've changed that and you probably have discs on the back uh, uh the back uh now as well correct well yeah so since since uh brake brakes are considered a safety item they're not 
they, they don't they don't count against your 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 total vehicle cost. Right. So the cheaper way to put disc brakes on a Dana 30, it was cheaper to put a Ford 8.8 in the back than it was to swap uh, Crown Vic brakes or you know one of the other options uh, on a Dana 35. The fact that we got a limited split and 410 gears in the process was just gravy. Um, so that's what we're running now. We have a, a Yukon uh, limited slip in the back that Yukon was awesome with. They hooked us up. They We dropped off their shop and uh, uh, they did the whole whole swap for us. And yeah, been a, a fantastic sponsor for both cars, both the Lemons Racer and the, the King of the Hammers car. So I would imagine a lot of the, the racers out there uh, were, were quite upset with you uh, showing them up in a, uh, a Jeep Cherokee. Has there been any uh, copycats since you guys have been so successful for so long? Uh, as a matter of fact, yes. Um, uh, some friends of ours, well, it's funny, it sort of a, comes full circle, but some friends of ours from King of the Hammers, Triple Nickel Racing, uh, Wyatt Pemberton, decided that we were looking like we were having a lot of fun, so he wanted to do the same thing. So he picked up a, I think a 98 or 99 two wheel drive Cherokee for a few hundred bucks and, uh, asked me what I'd done. I gave him a list, you know, I did uh two degree offset ball joints in the front. I'm running Falcon tires. I'm running the big brake kit from savvy off road and black magic. Uh, and I mean, they basically followed my recipe to the, the last detail and, They've had great success. They're running. They, I think they finished ninth overall in the entire West or the entire uh, Central Region standings. Which, you know, there's nine thousand racers a year compete in this. So to be in the top ten, if anything, is a pretty big deal. Yeah, it's amazing. Now, and also too, so the audience knows, this isn't one 24-hour race a year. There's, uh, what, I think you said 25 uh, across the country? Yeah, it's uh, 20-something. 20, 20 I, I don't know off the top of my head, to be honest. But uh, it's, yeah, there's quite a few races. And uh, we focus, the, the, the petty cash side focuses mainly on West Coast races. So we go to... Uh, Button Willow, we go to Sears Point, we go to the Ridge Motorsports Park at, uh, uh, in Olympia, Washington, Reno Fernley Raceway, uh, I, yeah, just a bunch of, uh, mainly West Coast races. We also haven't gone out as far as Denver to race the Garby before. Now, does that hurt you on your standings if you don't go to all the races, or does it just, uh, depend on, um how many you're in or how does that, how does that work out? No, there really is no national. I mean, the, the goal isn't to go to a lot of races. The goal is to finish one. The idea of finishing a 24 hour race in a $500 car is, I mean, like, Be sure to friend XJ Talk on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and add us to your circles on Google+. Join the XJTalk.com community and check out our sister site, wranglertalk.com. Do you have a question or comment that you'd like to hear on the show? 
Just call 530-675-4102 any time of the day or night and leave it on our voicemail. The XJ Talk Show is now available on iTunes. Subscribe and leave a review. Also, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Another great interview. Thanks, Tony. Uh, Matt, living the dream, buddy. That is just really cool. Up in the Cherokee racing and everything like that. And thanks again, Steve, for, for another awesome Jeep Tips. Uh, glad to have you on board and doing those regularly. Hey, folks, this weekend, you've missed out. Uh, the four-wheel parts March Madness event went on this weekend nationally. Uh, for those of us here in the Pacific Northwest, it's this coming weekend. So uh, it's not too late to come out. Uh, check me out at the local Portland, Oregon four-wheel parts. I'll be there DJ, and I'll be on the mic all day long. So come by and say hi. Boy, I hope your voice uh, gets back to 100%. You sound like you're almost there. I, I'm close. I've been uh, drinking some tea and and, uh, and really keeping the fluids uh, going down. Uh, my, my throat is definitely taking a toll tonight, though. Don't forget, uh, it's always worked for me. The um, What is that, the, the vapor rub that goes on the chest? Oh, the Vicks. Yeah, yeah, the Vicks vapor rub. The hard part was talking my wife into the, I have to put it on my hands and rub it on her for it to work for me. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> she didn't quite She didn't quite understand that, but I finally convinced her. Folks, if you know of an event going on in your area, be sure to, uh, to let us know. Uh, call our 24-7 voicemail line of call, 530-675-4102, or give us a shout-out on our email, newstips at xjtalk.com. Just make sure you put something in the subject line so we know what you're talking about. Oh, and, uh, of course, we didn't mention that, uh, at least in this episode, that, that we were only playing part one of the uh, Team Petty Cash Matt Adair interview. Team, uh, part two will be next week. So if you were wondering why that the uh, <laughs> the interview just kind of stopped anticlimactic, well, it'll it'll climax. I hope that's not an oversell. It will climax next on next week's show. All right, folks. Until then, I'm Josh, and he's Tony. This has been the XJ Talk Show. We'll catch you next week. Thanks, guys. again. I just can't get over that shit. Y'all had me going. Gosh, I'm thinking there's no way you put that much work into a damn intro and shit just to fuck with me a little bit. But you guys had me rolling over when she finally gave it up. I was going to tell y'all last week, sorry I didn't call in. I wasn't feeling real good last week. But y'all sounded like a couple of bitches that were standing in line at the damn Twilight Midnight premiere waiting for your fucking tickets with eyeliner running down your face because Edward looked at you that way. Let's not get into Twilight or Vamps or fucking Walking Dead or Talking Dead. That was the funniest part. It's a Jeep podcast, fellas. Later.